Welcome to Parking Lot Drunk with Sean Burke and Christian Senrud. Well, how the fuck are you, Sean Burke? It's been a minute. You sweating to the old yeah. like I am over here in Long Beach? Yeah, I think I think everyone's in that mode, just just slowly dying inside their uh, their apartment cocoons. But uh, yeah, could be worse, all things considered. Well, what uh, what have you been up to? I see you even making your way out and about, going to parks, living a normal human existence. Semi-normal. I mean, I'm keeping my my social distancing as best as I can, but uh, I am going to the skate parks, which apparently no one there believe. Like, apparently they think that's a bubble where you're just immune to other people's germs and come right up on you. So, but, you know, yeah, I don't think, uh, I, I mean, I love my fellow skateboarders but i don't think that we're the best and brightest when it comes to health and hygiene all the time you know but um yeah i'm getting out a little bit uh get, getting out to the parks exercising my rights uh in covid times to be drinking publicly as much as possible and just uh shirking the law or the laws of yesteryear because uh, they no longer apply yeah we are in the uh, road warrior so uh, it's either master blaster or there are no laws. So yeah, it's first step is everywhere is New Orleans and just get to go drinks and drink them wherever you want. Yeah, that sounds uh sounds legit. Have you taken? Have you gone to any? Gone through any bars for to go drinks yet or to? Uh, yeah, no. I uh, it's just too it's just too convenient to get things delivered now, where I'm like. Uh, I could just, I could think of going to a place to do this, or I could just get a 12-pack delivered here and not have to talk to anybody, but. Yeah, we're not super close to anything exactly, right? Yeah, there's a bunch, they've got stuff down in uh, downtown El Piano that they've got, like, open up for, um, like, outdoor drinking and eating and stuff, but. Every single time they then buy it, it's like one person in the middle of it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not rushing back into any of that. So, fair enough. Um, it's like super but, convenient over here because we got like uh, we're friends with uh, some dudes that work at or own bars nearby, and they've been doing like I think they've just been throwing shit at the wall and just been like, we'll make anything as long as we can get people yeah. through the doors and get some money in the register, like. We gotta, we gotta stay, um, stay alive here. So, uh, they yeah, that's what I kind of I feel bad about is like I'm not able to support that. There's a bunch of bars, uh, like work bars that up in Studio City that I'm like, oh yeah, that's. I mean, they're probably doing all right, but I just feel kind of guilty. Like, oh yeah, I haven't been supporting that that sect of the economy that I threw a lot of money at recently. So yeah, but there's like that thing where you like that bar and you like those people but it's also like i this was a one-way street it's not like you were coming over and helping me pay get my taxes done or anything you know what i mean like yeah that's true there's a lot of that going on right now of like hey remember this restaurant they were there for you <laughs> like no it was a transactional 
uh, relationship that we had is I wanted fried chicken. You had fried chicken. I gave you money for said fried chicken. Matter of fact, I did a little bit more for you because I left a glowing Yelp review and hopefully brought more people to your establishment. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like there's some bars back home, like all the, the well, one specifically, one like Brewski's, who I, I think we've talked about uh, on a past episode. Like they, the owners were like, yeah, we're not going to make it unless we do this crowdfunding. And, I mean, I, I love a good dive bar and, I, I, I'm down to help out the cause, but at the same time, it's like, if you couldn't make it, like, I don't know, because it, it was early on, too, where they were like, well, we need bailed out, and they're like, you didn't have any? Yeah, it's like St. Patty's Day, and they're like, yeah, we're we're on the brink. I'm like, I, I mean, I feel bad, but it's also like, eh, you know, I, I gotta, gotta take care of me, too, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see who makes it out of this. In one piece. Yeah, I, uh, I have a few friends back home that are, like, sitting on other bars to kind of fail so they can kind of try to swoop in if they can. <laughs> and I'm like, that's shitty. You're just, like, war profiteering off of a, off of a global pandemic where people are doing their best. But oh, for sure. I guess this is the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm quietly, hope like, not hoping people lose their houses, but I'm like, well, you know year of pandemic and people losing their jobs and maybe some rental comes start coming down because everybody's moving out of New York, out of big cities and working remotely until this shit gets figured out. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I've, I've been going on this mode of just like watching like weird, Hey, we're building cabins in Alaska programming just because it's the most benign thing that gets my mind off of things. And the more I watch it, I'm like, yeah, what am I doing here? I need to, I need to buy a parcel of land in the middle of nowhere and build a cabin. But that's not realistic because who's got that money? Well, I mean, depending on where you do it, it, it's not all that much. If you saved up for a de- the down payment, then like a lot of mortgages on just land could be as low as like three hundred bucks, which you know you could not drink or not travel for a minute and that's your 300 bucks yeah that's true i think it's just a problem of me not being a fully functioning adult yet and i'm like i don't understand that i'm gonna play video games until that goes away so oh yeah i'm having that very much because i'm trying to live on a food budget and trying to budget 300 dollars for a month and just uh watching like everything like well that means i could eat out maybe twice and i'm not paying for anybody else's shit so uh, heather hope you brought your wallet <laughs> uh we're doing this diplomatically you pay your yeah we're going dutch yeah that's one we're going du- we're a dutch couple from now on <laughs> no I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not quite that cheap but i'm also just like very mind i I, I don't know why it took this long to be like, oh, yeah, I should be on a budget and know how much I, I'm spending and could have a very uh, be conscious of, of the tab and, you know, when I need to, hey, maybe uh, it's macaroni and cheese night or maybe let's do some sandwiches or salad or something. Keep uh, keep the tab down. But better late than never. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I've, I've noticed that just in this situation, um, I'm like, wow, there's. I have a lot more left after my uh, paycheck than I 
I usually do. And like, I didn't really realize how much I was spending outside of like my normal spending, but I'm like, yeah, apparently it was a lot. So there's the silver lining. Yeah. I think like if you're, um, not super regimented and you're just like, go with the flow, then you're kind of subject to, uh, spending more than you were anticipating because it's like yeah you know so and so is in town or we're gonna go get happy hour and then next thing you know it's like i had a 200 hundred dollar bar tab last month and it really wasn't worth it but it, it was more yeah worth it than it was not worth it so i guess it was yeah all those little just kind of two or three drinks add up but yeah like bill came down from sf and uh we we didn't party or anything. We just like, had a couple beers at the house, and then we went to the bar I was talking about earlier, and they got, like, these delicious frou-frou drinks, so we had a couple of those, and it's just, like, by the end of the weekend, it's at least 50 bucks. You know, a couple weekends a, a month, that's that adds up. Yeah, that's the one thing you, you don't realize uh, how much a margarita costs on a whole until you're like, oh yeah, I've been gone to a place to get a margarita that is $8, but I could have just made it on my own for five, but. Or cheaper than that. Yeah. Potentially. I feel you. But, um, yeah, you haven't really, it's a, it's a learning. What's that? It's a learning experience. Yeah. I mean, like I'm just learning a lot more about being locked down where I'm like, oh yeah, I've, I've been taken advantage by uh, like television commercials of Popeye's chicken, which I'm, I've never really thought, Oh, I'm going to get Popeye's chicken. But now I'm like, well, the world's on fire. Might as well try this Popeye's <laughs> chicken sandwich. Uh, that's their marketing campaign. Hey, yeah. World's ending. Fuck it. Come to Popeye's. Yeah. You're alone and feeling terrified. Go ahead and eat some fucking fried chicken. But damn Seven Eleven should step up and be like, you know who's still here for you? So, yeah, so we've you. got kind of food. <laughs> you can, it's, I guess it's technically edible. Go ahead. You're only kind of a person anyway. Why don't you come in and get some kind of yeah. food? We know you're coming here. <laughs> you're already here. Why don't you take it just a little bit further? Just 7-Eleven yeah. pimping out your carotid arteries. <laughs> <laughs> come on, baby, just a little bit more. Just a little bit. So, so you haven't really gotten to enjoy any of the uh, the liberties that come come along with this lax boozing booze uh, these booze rules. I have not. I I I don't even think I was aware of it until you brought it up. Um, is it just like straight up Bourbon Street? You can just wander down the street with a fucking four foot hurricane. I mean, that's how I'm treating it. I don't know what other people. <laughs> How other people are viewing things, but uh, I mean, if you're gonna give me a, a to-go soup bowl, you know the the Thai food to-go Tom Ka bowl full of uh, mango margarita or michelada, I'm not not gonna drink it on the way to wherever I'm going. Yeah, like I mean, I'm not driving, but that's on you. If you're gonna give it to me, that's that's your problem. Yeah, I feel like I mean, if a cop's gonna come be a, a dick about it, like I mean. That's kind of their their whole bag, but you know. Hey man, we're yeah. ending. How about I can at least go out with a buzz? Yeah. Don't you have uh, bigger things to deal with right now? Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I'm just we're, gonna we're 
going to defund your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. I've uh, I, I've been kind of thinking about the consequences of this technically like this lost year of like I felt like at the beginning of it I was like oh I'll just ride this out just hunker down and ride this out now I'm like oh yeah I don't think I can ride this out I think this is just life now is uh, being hunkered down like this but we'll see right. see how those polls of like how likely are you to go to a restaurant or a movie theater in the next year it's like 3% and I'm like yeah, I'm not in a rush to get back to those. Yeah, well, like, <clears throat> not to keep talking about the same bar. Good bar in Long Beach, by the way. Uh, but uh, Blake, the owner, he's like, yeah, I don't see us opening before January. Like, they're, they're open in the back because they, they turned their backyard into a an outdoor patio type of thing. And it's really nice. It's pretty great, actually. I don't know why they didn't have it to begin with. But, um, like, you cannot, like, can't eat indoors and they don't have the space out front to make one of those uh san francisco style you know pallet yeah parking lot things so that, yeah that, that's just one restaurant so i i can't imagine how many other people are like just hunkered down like i don't know if we're gonna even make it to january if we even can open up then yeah just so, the amount of things like like living in LA is like everything is so crammed in and small and like crowded anyways. Like I was wondering how that's going to be going forward because you can't really have that. Like a lot of people aren't going to be comfortable <laughs> going to those tiny crowded little areas where you barely have enough room to park your car and kind of get in. But it's going to be interesting to see what world, what smoldering wreckage uh, <laughs> we kind of come out of this with. Yeah, for sure. Maybe one of the perks will be like the the death of the those hallway bars, where that are just for no apparent reason, just so goddamn narrow, and it takes like yeah. thirteen people, and it just feels super crowded. Which yeah, I, I, I've, there's so many of those bars, and like the girl, like hip girls, just love those bars. I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, let's go be close and sweaty with people who are bumping into us, and then I can complain that people are touching me. That one bar in uh, Laguna Beach, That's what exact, was that? That is what? Yeah. They had, like, the... That is... It's so narrow. I hate that bar. I, yeah. Yeah. But the, after being... That one's, like, the extreme, and I've been to other bars that are just, like, have that same model, and I'm like, is this a... Like, are you just finding these small places that are affordable or is this like a design a purposeful design where you're yeah. like i want to get people packed in and feeling like this place is fucking wasn't this just a fucking alleyway in between two buildings that you put a riff over because that's what it feels like i mean genius and good on you but i hate being yeah there. i don't care how cheap you put really nice whiskeys on say on the uh, special for actually i do care you'll you'll be at me on that one yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe those will be the only ones that survive, and we'll really wish for the days days gone by. Yeah. Well, I'm tiny so little Star Wars cantina. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I'm uh, I'm a. That's a bummer, man. Because this outdoor drinking thing's great. I uh, I'm really enjoying it. I did it. I did it yesterday. I did it twice yesterday. Matter of fact, I did it aqua- aquatically, and then I did it in a park later. It was a. Uh, it was lovely. Um, you just post up in in the water drinking. Yeah, my buddy's. Uh, he's taking over uh, this spot down on the bay here, at Horny Corner, which. A delightful name, Horny Corner. And, that uh, sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a family establishment. Yeah, uh, it's it's an amazing place. Yesterday we he has a couple floaties. We just po- posted off off the dock off the back of the his his property, and uh, I'm up just in a little allig- on an alligator. He's in his little like cabana boat thing, and both got a beer and just watching. Well, people watching, floating by, paddling by. It was great. They were like this Inland Empire-looking couple who just drove by. They both overweight, looking so stoic, not making any expression, just blasting if you like pina colada. (laughs) 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 Like, we both regretted not being able to record it because we're just like, this is so incredible that they're just like, I don't even know. I mean, the jet skis were for sure on, but they weren't gunning it. It was like a no wake zone, so they're just kind of like cruising and just they're just straight lamping to to that zone. <laughs> just no expression on their face, just stone cold, floating on down. Just if you like pina colada, I loved it. it was hey man, fun. it's the apocalypse. You gotta you gotta <laughs> get the little spots of joys uh, while you can. Yeah. It's uh, you got to find joy where you can. And yesterday it came in the form of two, uh, you know, two beautiful people from God knows where blasting a great song, enjoying the freedoms that we're still allowed to enjoy for the for the time being. But um, yeah, that's uh, bringing to a bringing us to our topic of this episode is outdoor drinking and the many forms and the, the origins and what all, uh, uh, what all we can fucking chop it up about regarding that beautiful topic. It's, it's really the greatest. Uh, I think before going to New Orleans, I was just like outdoor patio drinking. It seemed like when you're a kid and you're doing that thing that your parents tell you not to do, and you're like, Oh, this is, this is great. This is so freeing. And then you go to like New Orleans and you're like, this is how every place should be. Just puke filled gutters and everyone just wandering around with drinks in hand. It's such a great time. (laughs) I'm going to go into a bar to puke, get a to go drink and then go keep walking the street. Yeah. We got to keep this party going. (laughs) I, um, I mean, I, I've I've been doing incredible amounts of research on this topic, obviously, because that's the kind of quality programming that you can expect from Parking Lot Drunk. But um, in my searches, I found out that you know, obviously, like if you think about drinking in the in the length of time that booze has been around and the length of time that people have been drinking versus the amount of time that there's been you know bars everywhere, outdoor drinking has been way more available than indoor drinking really like you read Hemingway or whatever and they're just dr- slamming wine dodging fascists yeah. in the woods but I feel like Hemingway could pretty much do whatever he wanted and just be like 
he just starts talking at somebody and they're like, whatever, man, just get out of here. You're wasted. <laughs> Hammered sad, man. Pop Move out. it along, Papa. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, this is going to sound pretentious as shit. Uh, when I was in Paris, I went to a couple of the bars that he used to frequent over there and had like a, a Manhattan outside. Or was it a Manhattan? It was a martini. He used to drink martinis there, so I went and had poured one out for the old fucker. Yeah. And but they were outdoor. Europe's big on the outdoor drinking because uh you know they they have uh like they enjoy their summers in Europe. Like they get months off and everybody's outside smoking cigarettes, having wine, drinking spritzers and whatever god other other thing they got out there. Just out in the streets. Berlin was the first place where I like. There were like places that I, I. They were like, yeah, people meet up here, and we all just hang out and drink. And I'm like, you mean like a bar? And they're like, it's better than a bar because you just don't have to buy beer, and you just hang out with the people that you wanted to anyway. And you might see people that are like in your kind of circles. So I'm like, and it's allowed. It's like, yeah, it's great. And I'm like, that is. I mean, that was kind of the appeal in San Francisco when it's just like park drinking. Like, that was kind of a big thing for me. It's like just hanging out and like, oh, this is this is great. Like, this is everything I want. Where you're not forced to sit inside of a bar where a baseball game's going on over here and somebody's trying to play Papa Roach over here. You're like, yeah, I'm just outside drinking. It's great. Yeah, and there's no pressure to go, like, grab another one and you can only drink what you brought. So you're kind of keeping it together a little better than if you were at a bar when... Seemingly endless uh, tap. You still there? Yeah. Well, um, bring bringing it back around. I'm sorry, I ran and grabbed a drink. So, I am I missing something? Am I am I derailing the conversation here? No, I don't think there's any derailment here. It's just uh keep going just keep moving keeping it moving um well are you drinking anything by the way what's that are you having anything to drink by the way uh i am just mostly the heat brings out the uh like the adventure drinking in me it's like i just want to cool down so maybe i'll try a white cloth and then just a beer and then a bunch of uh a mixed drink into the guise of a margarita where i'm like dump a coconut water in here and orange juice just something that's going to cool me down but (laughs) that's pretty much been my mode for the past probably two weeks dealing with this uh insufferable heat but yeah i have not been really interested in drinking beer whatsoever but um i have been on kind of a seltzer kick because just they just seem more refreshing for whatever reason and i'm I got into the, uh, I kind of got upsold uh, on my drizzly order for the hard kombucha. And I was like, okay, this is stupid. I'm going to drink it just to prove that it's stupid. And it, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, it's refreshing. It's like having a beer that is just bubbly and it feels like it's doing probiotic work in your gut too. So you feel like you're doing something with purpose, but I'm healthy. it's pretty I'm great. healthy drinking. Yeah. I'm a healthy This is alcoholic. healthy, you killing me. Yeah, Heather. Heather's big on those. I've I've been dipping my 
tomatoes in that realm as well. I, I just, I don't know. I, you just don't feel as heavy. It's you don't feel as weighted down after drinking it bloated. Um, yeah, I, I think that's been the thing that I've been on the most is like just trying to get away from like heavy drinks and stuff. Like I kind of stopped drinking whiskey because of that. I just felt like. Whiskey really makes you feel like you're drinking poison the the, the day after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tequila's got all these, just throw some fruit juice and all this fun stuff in it. And you're like, oh, I feel, yeah, it feels healthier. But Yeah, I think there's a reason why, like, whiskey and uh, scotch comes from, like, that region where it's just, like, that Catholic self-hatred. It's just like, yes, we're men and we hate yeah. ourselves and we want to feel it tomorrow. And actually, I want to feel it now. I don't want to remember. I want to have do things that I need to feel guilty about tomorrow. Yeah, it's just that weird, like, the black coffee crowd with just straight neat whiskey. It's just like, all right, you guys are, you guys are suffering to put on airs here. Yeah. I just want a fruity drink because it's delicious and I'm going to have a fun time. Yeah, I can. I agree. Um, when I was, I was, I drove back to Pittsburgh for a minute for my dad's birthday and, uh, like liquor, at least at the time, like, <clears throat> I mean, it's still this way. There's all the liquor stores are state run and trying to get liquor was like lining up for cheese in Soviet Russia or something where it's just like lines around the block or something. So I brought him, yeah. I brought people out some shit cause I, I'm a, I'm a patriot and I'm down to smuggle behind enemy lines, but, uh, Brought yeah. some Evan Williams, and he concocted a his take on the Manhattan that uh, he called the Bronx, and I had a few of those, and like it was after golfing, had a couple of those, and like my day was done. Like <laughs> I'd already yeah. been out in the <laughs> sun. I had a couple of those. I took a shower, and I woke up later, and I was like clean in my bed, and I was just like. I didn't black out, but I'm like, I don't, I only vaguely remember taking a shower. I don't know what I said to anybody. Yeah. Hopefully I just beelined it from the shower to bed. <laughs> just don't have anything to answer. So I'm like, but like that is whiskey in a nutshell. It's like, I don't know what happened. Do I, I feel bad. I yeah. don't know why. You just probably get, did something. You get little, little glimpses of what you did. And you're like, who was that person I was yelling at? I don't know that person. <laughs> All right. Well, I can only remember seven seconds of it, so let's just move on to the next encounter. But yeah, but I, my dad was pretty thrilled with himself for uh, making up a new drink, and it was actually really delicious. It was just like I think the difference was only instead of maraschino cherries, he was doing cocktail onions, which I, you know, I, you're vaguely it, vaguely aware of cocktail onions, I guess they're like the little they look like almost festive peppermint balls or something. Would have been pickled, yeah, I don't, pickled in death. I don't know, but uh, so the little little too uh, refined for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't generally have garnish around unless it's just something I have anyway. Like I got, like the fact that I have horseradish available is silly, but like I could potentially. That, yeah, that's impressive. I can make a mean bloody mary if I need to, but yeah. Um, um. Yeah. Anyway, golf outdoors. Um. I while I was reading, I 
you know, drinking illegal what or drinking outside wasn't illegal up until not not that far back ago. Like it wasn't an issue. And what's interesting is that I, when I was reading, it's sort of like the way that marijuana wasn't, uh, you know, demonized to the degree that yeah. it had been up until, until recently. Some politician got it, got a bees, a bee in their nest, and no, I don't really like this. We gotta, we gotta squash this. Well, it's like what's really interesting is it's it's similar to the marijuana and the war on drugs, where it's um, they use it as like a, oh, obviously, like, drugs are bad and people use them are bad and it, the crime rate goes up and yada, yada, yada. And that's why they went after uh, weed on the surface, but then you do a little bit of digging and you, you read that, you know, Nixon hated hippies and uh, he wanted to be able to kind of terrorize the black communities. So the war on drugs was just a cover to go antagonize hippie communities, black communities, Latino communities, just like he, it was his like loophole to go legally terrorize these groups of people. And yeah, you know, like the federal government. You know, you know like the state generally likes to do, but the point their main purpose. Yeah, yeah. Keeping the status quo in order and uh, keeping rich white people feeling safe. But, yeah, uh, to that point, that's exactly the same thing that happened with outdoor drinking is it used to be legal. They couldn't just say, Hey, you can't be black and drinking outside, or you can't be like poor and drinking outside on a corner. Um, uh, so, Hey, we're going to make being drinking outdoors illegal. And we're going to go use that as my, our catch all to go, uh, bother people that probably were just trying to drink away the things that they're already bothered by. So that was a little eye opener. Yeah. I never really understood that of like why that's tech. Like I understand if you're driving like, Oh, I just have to slam this beer before I jump in my car. But if you're just drinking outside, what's the, what's the main purpose of like, why is that so bad? Like, yeah, it's, an, it's the totally thing where they're like, Unless it's the thing where they're like, oh, we want to be able to tax certain places where you can drink more. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. Seems like a weird thing to get really preoccupied with. <laughs> like, you can drink here, but as soon as you walk over that line, you can't drink here. I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah, it's uh, it's very arbitrary. Well, it's like why does being why is inside a, a place okay and being outside of a place not okay? So yeah, I mean, like with weed, it at least makes sense because it's like I don't want to smell it or, I guess with littering and shit. But um, yeah, I mean, like if you're around like a school field trip with a bunch of kids and you're smoking weed, that's going to be an issue. But like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if you're, it seems like one of those puritanical laws where they're like, well women can't see men drink so uh it's illegal like yeah. <laughs> um here's here's the thing that i i found um drinking outside became prevalent in the 19th century when working class men would have growlers during lunch a lunch break and wives would fetch them metal pails of beer on long sticks there was nothing wrong with drinking in the drinks 
or drinking in the streets, the thing that was illegal was public drunkenness. This started to become a problem around the 1950s in Chicago where bottle gangs, quote-unquote, groups of single men, mostly homeless, would get drunk, start fights, and leave beer bottles on the side of the curb wanting to nip the problem in the bud before fights started the city passed a law in 1953 that prohibited drinking in the public way. Huh. Bottle gang. Yeah. The bottle gang. Uh, yeah, we're just drunks. That's, uh, that's what we do here. We just drink alcohol. We're the bottle gang. But if you're homeless, then your home is everywhere. So, like, technically they're not yeah. drinking on the streets. So, like, this is my home. I, li- I live here. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a weird thing. Like, essentially, since everyone's first drink is essentially usually outside, like you're always drinking in like a field party or some house party or something. But oh yeah, I didn't even think about field parties. Did you have a lot of those in uh, Michigan? Yeah, I mean that was the main uh, kind of spot to go to because, like, in high school. There's so much open land. Uh, all the rednecks know where they kind of like where cops aren't going to be. So you go out to a field and then you just start slamming as much alcohol that your young brain can uh, can handle. And uh, then you drive home because that's safe. <laughs> that. Go hide in the woods on some windy dirt roads. Get hammered. And yeah. Drive home. It's odd that so many of us make it out unscathed. Yeah. I guess I never got really uh, exposed to that just because I was kind of a a loser in high school who didn't drink. And, uh, whatever, people who don't drink in high school aren't losers. But I I just wasn't part of that crowd. But I remember, like, a work friend had, like, was at one of those parties and it got broken up by the cops and she ended up getting caught. And it was, like, a, a big fucking thing and I'm like you just you're in the wood why didn't you just go camping <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah essentially your your young brain can only be like where can we go that's dark and secluded uh and not think about anything else other than just drinking and starting a fire or something but there was always those times where you'd go out there and then someone would get too drunk and be like, I'm going to build the biggest fire. And then they just dump a bunch of chemicals into a pit and then light a fire. And you're like, well, this is going to get busted any second, but uh, I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. Drinking outdoors does have that kind of like, uh, that, that duality where, um, if, if you're poor, it's trashy and you're looked down on, but if you're rich, like it's it's oh it's so like you're so cultured like you had a bottle of wine on the streets of Paris or whatever and it's like it's the same shit it's just like you're just assigning value to it because you're fucking a dick yeah it's people enabling themselves but like yeah well I'm not I like drink that. on I'm not an alcoholic I drink at 11 a.m. at a fine cafe I don't drink. <laughs> in the middle of a field at 11 a.m. Yeah. Or in a parking lot to a sporting event at 11 a.m. It's all the same, but. Yeah. Again, like, man, Europe has it, has it down. Because, uh, like, in Barcelona, there's this uh, skate spot um, outside of an art museum 
again, it's, uh, sounding a little pretentious, but it's like, it's just everybody hangs out there. People skate flat ground. Uh, uh, people sell like sell beer on the streets, which is technically illegal. There's like a whole thing with that because um, they'll like just buy racks and racks of beer and then they just work the, the grid and they're just moving around hiding beers and, and like they actually hide the beer in, in the sewer supposedly to keep it cool or just so they have like stashed places. So they're like, yeah, don't don't buy from those guys because they're those are sewer beers, and you know it's not hygienic yeah. at all. So don't do that. Yeah. And then like you have a couple, not, and you're like, I'm gonna get a sewer getting... beer. <laughs> Bill, uh, I'm getting getting kind of thirsty. I'll I'll risk the hepatitis dude, for Bill, a sewer beer. But Bill was hilarious because like we're in Barcelona at that spot, and he's like haggling. He's like, I know you're hiding these in su- in the sewers, so sell it to me cheap. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to pay full price for a sewer beer. Yeah, like make a deal with me here. Like, I'm gonna get uh, hepatitis, so why don't you just like cut cuts the price down a little bit, so uh, I have the money left over to go enjoy some beautiful universal health care. Yeah, yeah, that's the weird thing about like, I'm I'm sure in America it wouldn't be that big a deal if we didn't have such a patriotic thing where we're like well that we're not following europe's stance like we're not doing what europe does because we're america like if that wasn't the case you kind of see it now where like those those rules are lacking of like street side cafes and stuff like that where you can kind of all day mimosas and stuff but i feel like there's a lot of weird American pride that is just like this is our team so we're different and we don't care what the other side does yeah I think it's also just like uh, the way that Americans view basically everything where it's just like we're loud we're proud we do everything uh, to excess like we get fucking wasted like whereas like Europe and obviously there's alcoholics everywhere and there's people that go overboard everywhere but it's like it's not like the, the drinking is kind of secondary or it's on the margins of the activity itself. Like the cafe experience, like they're, they're not getting hammered at cafes, drinking wine at 10 AM. They're like having wine, smoking cigarettes and just, you know, enjoying their day. You know, yeah. Cause it's, they, it, they don't, their weather, it, they're enjoying when they have good weather and good time off. And, you know, Whereas it's like the American work week, it's like, all right, we're going to get ground down for 40 to 60 hours a week. And then I want to drink myself numb. So I'm going to drink all the natty light in my house where no one has to see me. It's like, it's just in a completely different mindset where like, like obviously the Irish people like to get hammered. I mean, that's that's the stereotype anyway but it's like that's yeah culturally like it's accepted and it's not looked down upon and i mean i haven't been over there to do it which i but i would love to uh but like it's i think it's just how like we view like just american culture kind of breeds that excess so it is sort of like well we can't, yeah i we, think like we're such children that we can't be given those freedoms because we take advantage of them to the nth degree. And then I think it, we see that they drink wine at lunch as like, we see it as they drink wine at lunch. Like we drink on the weekend. So we're like, Oh, they're going hard 
at lunch when really they're just having a glass of wine at lunch. But we're like, yeah, we're not following that because I know how I, how I am when I drink. So I drink way too much. So, yeah, we're not like that. Yeah, also it's like, oh, that's why they're not the number one country. That's why they don't produce the way that we do because they're taking two-hour-long lunches and having wine, smoking their cigarettes, and taking siestas or whatever. And really, who cares? Like, I would much rather have a two-hour-long lunch that is relaxing and calming than being number one at what? Outsourcing jobs? Like, Yeah, it's like, and that's a completely old mind, like, we're not number one in shit anymore. Like, yeah, our economy's good, but it's like, it's good because we take advantage of like economies that are worse, and we go exploit everywhere else. Like, I, I mean, I fuck if I know. I don't, I don't know the nuts and bolts of like the economics, but like, yeah, like, it definitely feels like it's a it's a it's a scam by your employer being like, well, we got stuff to do, so we don't drink like that. Yeah, we're getting because so, yeah, sorry, we need you to work. Yeah, it's like this myth, the the work ethic myth, myth as uh, as my favorite sludge metal band da- uh, Thou calls it. It's like, oh, your your pride is completely tied to your your output at work, and as long as you keep producing, as long as you know, you can take all the drugs you want, as long as it keeps you pr- in pr- production mode and keeps you, you know, a well oiled cog in whatever machine that you're helping function. But if it's like, oh, I that's like. Traditionally, that's why drugs are looked down upon because it's like weed or, you know, psychedelics or whatever. It's like, oh, those aren't uh, those are drugs that you take and you're like, I am outside the fucking system now. I don't give a fuck about what you're doing. I don't care what about your what you're producing. I'm about listening to music and art and whatever. But yeah, whereas it's like Adderall, I could work for 36 hours straight. It's going to be great. Which is why yeah. odd. Like you think meth would be have a better uh, had better PR because like I mean, you could you could work forever on meth. <laughs> that's true until you die. So I think that's the problem is the cleanup. Well, there is that, and the de- like. I mean, if you're gonna make someone work full time and not offer them dental when you know they're on meth, that is just that's cruel. Yeah. But um, there are little beacons of uh, of hope out here, which is odd because we Americans uphold them as like these little beacons of, of glory, like Bourbon Street or apparently Butte, Montana. They have an open con- to go container policy uh, in in effect. So isn't that where uh, evil could evil from? Butte. Yeah. I don't know. For I don't know. Shit it's probably just thing. like, probably just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, our claim to fame is a dude who tried to jump uh, gorges and stuff. So <laughs> he jumped eighteen school buses. Yeah, I feel like a dude who breaks every bone in his body is kind of the epitome mascot for a, a town that's like, go ahead, just drink as much as you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he is from Butte, Montana. Yeah. A copper mining town that at a time resembled a 19th century boom town. Oh. I don't know much about Evil Knievel. I know more about, uh, what was the, the kind of parody version of him? Like, Super Dave? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, speaking of great American daredevils, uh, I, I, I'm more of a, in the Super Dave camp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Evil Knievel, great, whatever. Have you guys heard of Super Dave? Yeah. Uh, you know, the guy that was on Curb Your Enthusiasm, that guy. Yeah, I think he might have been involved in a little show called Bobby's World a little bit. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's the America I want to live in. But yeah, bringing it back around, uh, I think we need to. I think we need to be good patriots, and instead of uh, arming ourselves with AR-15s and storming the Capitol, I think we just all need to grab twelve packs and just post up wherever we damn well feel and just enjoy ourselves. Yeah, just hit the streets and uh, find your little spot and be like, "No, this is." Uh this is my act of insurrection. I'm going to finish the entire rack of uh, Natty Light. Like, I don't think you could, I don't think you could pitch this idea prior to COVID. Like, Hey, do you want to come over and hang out on my front yard and drink beer or on, on blankets and just hang out in like in public view? Like, do you have a backyard? Like, no, but we got a front yard and it's, right on the street but i've done that multiple times now just hanging out in front of a building no in in front of somebody's house because it's like oh i can't let everybody in my house but i want people oh, to yeah. come over like it's happened on like impromptu it's happened on my front lawn several times uh, i've gone to somebody's birthday party where they were like just having people outdoors and like this dude who is like a mobile bartender he like had set up and which was kind of weird because it was with his friends but he was still charging money which i understand like whatever like times are tough you gotta yeah. make it you know that shit wasn't free was to it was it like uh like mixed drinks and stuff or yeah. was he like charging you six bucks to open a beer can no no it was like he was gonna make he was yeah. doing some mixology type shit like I don't, he didn't have like the smoking uh, CO two cartridges or anything to really go over the top. But I'm like, I'm like, it's kind of weird that you bring over all your shit. But it's also like, whatever. Like if you were selling, like if you were an artist and you made something, and you would want, like your friends would be down to support that and pay, for, yeah, pay for your art or photography or whatever your whatever you do. They're not. Uh, they're, they'll buy your album because they're your friends and they support you. So, like, I don't. I guess that's more on me for even second guessing it. But I was just like, kind of weird bringing over yeah, all I mean, booze and then making your friends pay for it. But also, like, you probably are gonna make. Some it's also like, yeah, it's it's similar to like food too, where like, well, I can make this at home. Like, why do I need to buy it here? Type of thing. But. Yeah, and he's probably not charging you like the the bar cocktail prices. It's probably like, hey, you know, I'm gonna get a t- a buck off this, but you know, it's gonna pay for all the materials. But on top of that, yeah, I'm not. It's not. He's not making bank off of it, and you're not tipping him. So, yeah, I would actually feel better about just giving a dude he's doing that on his own than paying exorbitant amounts at a bar <laughs> or something. <laughs> Maybe, that's, Maybe that'll be the new. 
yeah. the new thing is like just roving gangs of bartenders that show up, make you a bunch of drinks, and then yeah, instead of a food cart, it's just a dude with a bar cart who's just cocktail mixing cocktails anywhere you can post up and evade the the fuzz. That would be awesome. That's a great business model. I think we're we're onto something here. I might yeah, I might uh might have to go find a cart and learn how to pour some drinks. There you go. Where uh, and picnics are like the the park drinking. I haven't. I've never drink. I've never drank outside more in my life. I don't think than this this summer of of COVID. Yeah, I mean that was always the uh, the appeal like of camping and stuff is uh, basically you're just out in the woods and it's eleven thirty. I'm gonna have a beer. I've got nothing else to do, so that's my life now. Yeah, like that camping for most people, that is what camping is. It's like I'm gonna go park in a place and I'm gonna be able to drink 24 hours a day if I want. Hopefully, there's some water nearby so that I can go cool down. I'm gonna drink there too, by the way. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I've I've been taking beers on hikes and stuff. Lucasic wanted to have the beer rating system for ha- for hikes where uh, you you rate. Uh, a hike based on difficulty based on the amount of beers you can drink on the way up and down and the amount of beers that you should drink when you hit the top. So <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's the solid ranking system that needs to be implemented because you want to get six beers deep before you're a couple miles into your hike. And I, I forget, I think it was, I don't remember what mountain I did with, uh, it was one of the six pack of peaks. I did it with Deemer and, uh, like I had hosted a mic that just compl- went completely sideways. It was a show, I guess, and a mic, but, uh, the night prior and it went completely sideways and I got fucking shit hammered. I woke up hammered. I drank the entire hike <laughs> and he's like, I don't know how you didn't fall over. And I'm like, I, I think if you just don't admit defeat and you just put one foot in front of the other and one beer in front of the other, you're going to make it somewhere. Yeah. I think it was on the, the edge of almost dying the entire time. So I figured that was the only way out. No surrender, no defeat. But yeah, I, I, the sitting around drinking thing, like, if you're going camping, it's like, guys, we can move around and do this. We're we're not limited to just this campsite. We can go on a hike and do this. We can go to a lake and do this. We can go to a river and do this. Yeah. Drinking, you, you, you fall into some weird areas where uh, you don't realize how drinks are hitting you. Um, one time that comes to like, mind is when I drank a half gallon of vodka in a river and uh, – kind of just lost all function and uh that's something you kind of have to take into consideration where you're like i can do all of this and be an active outdoor person and continue to drink you just have to pace yourself uh other than what i did but yeah. that that's why hikes always seem like a good time to drink is like when you got there and you're like all right cool i have a celebratory beer type of thing but um yeah yeah, I mean, drinking the entire time might be a little problematic because you are going to dehydrate yourself. So you gotta you gotta balance it out, and it is about pacing yourself. It's always about pacing yourself. Food, take, yeah, 
the my the biggest uh, thing that I just don't know how much it drains me is the sun, because the sun will just like zap your energy so aggressively. Yeah, you don't understand until it's like you sit down or you, you know, and then you're like, oh man, I am dehydrated. I it's it's like a deeper version of dehydration when you've been out in the sun where you're like you're drained on like multiple levels versus like oh, if I drank I get a little dehydrated or if I didn't you know drink enough water or whatever you get dehydrated but if you're in the sun and drinking and doing physical activity like it's like you're just you can be ruined for two days yeah I think a good like litmus test for that is like where you're where you feel acceptable to sit down in public where you're like I'm so drunk <laughs> I'm okay to sit in the middle of the entrance to a Walmart because the air conditioning comes out of the door. That's when you're like, mm, maybe I've had too much. But if uh, <laughs> otherwise you're like, Meh, I'm not going to sit on the ground on a place where people vomit. So maybe I should go home. But I need an Uber. It's all about finding your, all about finding your boundaries. Oh, man. Uh, when you were saying that, I was imagining like, I'm too hammered. I want to get a lime scooter home and then i imagined like uh a self-driving like kind of wagon where it's just like i'm too fucked up i'm gonna put in my address i'm gonna lay down and it's gonna take me home (laughs) i need a dog sled to get me home uh (laughs) just go home dog (laughs) well i forget if we've talked about this before but um like i had a friend in northern michigan whose uh dad would take a horse and buggy to the bar (laughs) (laughs) because i don't know if you can't get a dui in a horse and buggy i'm not trying to put that out to there to people with horses and buggies trying to encourage them i mean if anything that's gonna that's gonna be a hard ticket for that captor right he's gonna be like well (laughs) the horse the horse is in control yes but the, the horse has got his shit together. The the dude in the buggy, not so much. Yeah, the dude that's pissed himself in the buggy, he clearly. But also, like the thing is, the horse knows how to get home. So that's that's the point. Is the guy goes and gets wasted in town, gets in the buggy, and he wakes at home. Wakes up at home, whether he makes it to bed or not. He got safely home because the horse is trying yeah. to get home where the food is. So, you know. As far as, as far as I can tell, it's a victimless crime. Yeah, I think that's the dude trying to test the law of like, <laughs> I feel like this is a sound case. I feel like I can get away with it. Yeah, but I have to put it into action first. Yeah, it's not quite as aggressive as the dude that like gets pulled over for a DUI, gets out and then slams a handle or a fifth of vodka and then uh, throws it in the woods and tells him to prove it, prove that he wasn't. That it proves that he was drunk prior to the slamming, like that's bold. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you have no idea. I could have been stone cold sober. There's no way to tell. Yeah, me. I feel like it's almost more bold to be like, "Well, talk to the horse. He's in charge here. I, I'm just in the back. I'm the passenger. That's his deal. I don't, I, I don't know. He, I'm actually I got held hostage. I had. Uh, I had yeah, no... I'm going wherever he's going. I, that, that's not me. I told him to drive to uh, Missouri, but. Uh, ended up back at home. It's not my fault. Yeah. Talk to the horse. 
Talk to the horse because the man ain't listening. I'm going to grab another seltzer. The seltzer thing, it's pretty wild. Uh, we might have to do an entire episode on it, but because um, it, it's kind of a whole new revolution. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed by drinking White Claws, it's a different type of alcohol. So like, it, it kind of sneaks up on you. It's not like a beer, or like a tequila type of thing. It's like, whoa, I don't feel right. Am I getting sick? Oh no, it's I drink two White Claws, so I feel better. But well. Um, I forget who, I, th- I think I just saw the headline a couple times and I didn't read any further than that. Cause why, why would I, um, but one of the heads of a, um, an alcohol company basically, um, equated it to like when light beer came out because like light beer wasn't a thing. Then the first one came out, it caught fire and then everybody had a light beer. And that's exactly what's happening with, um, seltzers hard seltzers is everybody's got one like fucking coke has a hard seltzer coming out or one that is out already jesus yeah it's nuts because um uh, when i went home in in may mid-may i uh i was like oh man i bet i bet fucking white claw is just killing it on the stock market because like everybody's drinking it whatever uh, yeah. people are drinking more in general now. I don't know. They're drinking more. People are drinking more right now, right? They have to be. I am. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. Like you, everybody's working from home. We're not drinking at work. Fuck that. Yeah. Happy hour starts at three o'clock. That's, <laughs> I don't care if it's a Tuesday. Yeah, my emails are gonna get a little sloppy after three, so you know, be advised. Yeah. Prove that I'm drunk. Come to my office. Yeah, but uh, my point is, White Claws pub not publicly held. So I was curious. I was like, "Damn, that's crazy." Uh, that I mean, they're obviously crushing it. But who who else? Who would be publicly available? Who would be crushing it that I could maybe invest in? And I wish I did, because uh, the Sam Adams Company owns Truly, which is the, apparently the number two selling seltzer behind White Claw. Yeah. And it's it's fine. It's nothing amazing. It's but it's good enough. It's same thing as White Claw. Like both of them are kind of the same as far as I'm concerned. And at the time, it was in May, and since February, so March, April, May, their stock had doubled in value. So the Sam Adams. Damn. Yeah. So they I think they had gone from. Uh, like either 80, I'm so bad with numbers, but it either had gone from $80 a share to like $200 a share. And that was in May. Or No, it was 200 to 400. That That's what it was. Their shares had gone from $200 to $400 a share. And I was like, fuck, that's crazy. But $400 a share is a lot. And I don't know if it's going to stay. So that's crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to invest. And not that I have any money to invest anyway, but fast forward to now, I just I just recently checked again, and it had doubled again since then. And granted, they do have like I, I Sam Adams does have that marketing campaign right now with that fucking bro ass Boston dude, which I think is great. 
Yeah, I I think that yeah, like that somebody in their marketing department's like, hey, you know uh, what Boston reminds me of? <laughs> Loudmouth alcoholics. Yeah, like know your audience. But, like that's perfect. No, yeah, like I no one no one in Boston's like I'm offended. I'm like no one's writing letters like they're like yeah that's hilarious. Yeah. That's my that, I know that guy. And now they're yeah. they're buying more beer, but compound compounded with owning truly, like they are fucking destroying shit. Like their stock is like eight hundred dollars a share. They're just crushing it. And I should have yeah, trusted I feel like my that's gut. The thing is like it's like one company puts it all on the line to be like, here's our product. We're taking a chance with hard seltzers. And then it's proven right. And then the next person who's got money that was waiting on it, like, oh, it's proven that people will buy this because it's got a weird quasi health thing to it. Where you're like, what? Oh, it's not that many cards. So this is actually good for me. It's gluten free. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to drink seven of them because it's probably better for me. Well, yeah, there's way less sugar. I mean, there's, I, you don't feel as heavy drinking them. They're glu- yeah. gluten-free, so if you if that's an issue, they're a lot of them are vegan. The Modern Times one have Black Lives Matter written on the bottom of the cans currently, so that you feel good drinking that. Oh damn! I I didn't even know that they had one either. I I guess that's what happens. Is the entire market is blown up and everyone has one. But well, what's yeah? Yeah, it's it's just the nondescript weird alcohol and white claws. It's got like a hand sanitizer kind of taste <laughs> where you're like... This carbonated hand sanitizer isn't yeah. terrible. I'm just going to dump some on my hands just to be safe, just in case I'm touching doorknobs or something. But I'm cl- Yeah. I'm cleansing my innards with every sip. Yeah. Yeah. It, I need to like start um, documenting my doubts and then... Uh, whenever I'm really doubtful about something, and like put my money on it, because this is the second time where I like I'm eating my hat a little bit, because um, <clears throat> a, it, not not a full year ago, but let's say at least for sure six months, no more than almost a year ago, uh, a craft brewery, Town Park in Anaheim where we used to do comedy shows and a mic um, they shut down because they were going to redo their whole operation and instead of doing you know craft beer IPAs whatever and they did good their beers were good yeah um, they were shutting down to change everything into hard seltzers or ciders let's say seltzers for the <laughs> but yeah and ciders, I, w- I feel like Ciders is a, that was kind of a trend a couple of years ago. And it, it, I feel like that didn't take off as big as seltzers, but. No, not at all. So let's say seltzers. And I was like, when they, when I heard that, I'm like, good fucking luck. Which, uh, like, because craft breweries just seem to print money. Like, I, I don't, I don't know many that don't succeed. And granted, I'm not super tapped into that world, but like, yeah, pop up everywhere. There's always a new craft brew company. Company. There's I, I, IPAs are fucking everywhere. Whatever. And, but that's exactly the same 
thought I had when another super successful company started Stance Socks because the dude that started Stance Socks or who at least one of the people that was involved at the very beginning, he went from a pretty lucrative position at Element Skateboards and he was like at top, not top dog, but he was fucking way up there. He was doing great, like making good yeah. money, had a good position at a, at the time, very solid company. And he left to make a skateboarding sock company or action sports sock company. And I'm like, good fucking luck. It literally the same word, same reaction. Like, I hope it works yeah. for you, man. Like, I was so doubtful. And that dude, like, that company crushed it for years. And, like, I'm, they're probably still crushing it, but it's just not in a di- it's different now where it's like it used to be that was my reaction the first time i ever heard like so what do they do oh they make socks what do you mean they make socks like oh they're like cool socks i'm like okay yeah cool socks yeah <laughs> not something i would have invested in but i'm an idiot so that makes sense but that's my point is like i i felt the same exact way i'm like socks People are going to pay $12, $19 for a pair of socks. Fuck out of here. Skateboarders are so cheap. But, like, they yeah. they had a vision. They made... I don't know why or how they did it. I have my ideas why stance worked, but that's a completely different animal where it's just, like, White Claw came out, and it's, like... they they I mean, I had never seen White Claw marketing or really anything it just became like the drink of the yeah. summer or the drink of yeah it was like two years ago it was like the summer drink and then it became kind of like correlated with like young people having fun outside drinking white claw but yeah, yeah i it, and it didn't it avoided that like pretension because it's like i like craft beer kind of has like that pretentious vibe where like white claw just kind of slid in and well it also felt like there was a there was a bubble on craft beer i feel like it hit its peak and then since there were so many of them like like if you especially in michigan uh if you go back to michigan there's a craft brewery like every seven feet so i feel like a lot of people may have just got burned out on it and then transitioned to something else but yeah for sure but also just like i'm trying to track and it like had like an organic growth where like that Trevor dude or whatever that the Zoomies YouTube guy uh, he's a comic he does YouTube videos but he did like he did the like there's no laws when you're drinking claws video do you know what I'm talking about yeah like just like those kind of things where it it can't kind of people who Young people tapped into it. They saw it. It was like a new thing. They did it. It was maybe ironic at first. And they're like, yeah, these are kind of good. Whatever. And then next thing you know, everybody on the market has their version of White Claw. Yeah. It's probably Anheuser-Busch was like, we have all this excess just garbage alcohol. What can we do with it? That's throw some bubbles in it. People like LaCroix right now, so see what happens. Yeah, that's another aspect of it, too, because LaCroix had been 
popular too. So it's like, yeah, why wouldn't it be popular if we added alcohol? And instead of yeah. just being like, it's a tequila LaCroix, it's like, no, this is a white claw. Like, perfect. I'm on. Yeah. That's it. I'm retiring. Thank you. Yes. Let's go drink them in a park during COVID. Yeah. I wonder if there's going to be a big uh, home hard seltzer craft brew crowd. <laughs> like, we're not. <laughs> It's just people dumping vodka and LaCroix and be like, no, I came up with this new one. Uh, speak, key, to key, have you had a key lime LaCroix? LaCroix? Uh, yeah. It, I actually have uh, I have some right now. It 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 tastes like, uh, like cream soda, kind of. It's weird. Yeah, it's delicious. It's my favorite flavor so far. Uh, Casey got me yeah. into that. But with tequila, terrific. I could see that, yeah. I feel like anything, you feel like anything that's close to like the normal margarita, like any lime or like citrus drink, like yeah, I could, I could dump alcohol in this and it'd probably taste pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's like somewhere between a tequila like, soda and a, and a margarita. It's not like you're dumping mezcal in fucking milk or something. <laughs> oh, Sounds so delicious. I, be, I like a, do you have a mezcal milkshake by chance? Yeah. You have uh, chunky mesas. That's what I call them now. It's like a cottage cheese milkshake. It's delicious and so yeah. sour. It's like fermented mare's milk. Yeah. The yogurt and booze. That's all I need. <laughs> God, uh, Stanhope talks about mixing yogurt and vodka when you're just completely so hard up. <laughs> Go. <laughs> I'm like, God, I, I, res- I that sounds disgusting, but God damn it, do I respect you. <laughs> yeah, it sounds disgusting, but my my interest is peaked. I will see. Yeah. Do I a mean, little, little science experiment. I mean, I've definitely had nights where I look at my, my fridge and freezer and I'm like, well, I got a thing of ice cream that I clearly am not in a rush to finish and I got a stout that my friend gave me maybe I'll make a milkshake or a, a stout float or something yeah. let's take vices from sugar and alcohol and put them together and just uh, live my best life yeah COVID baby let's see what the end looks like I did that with coffee once uh, when I first started drinking coffee I was like oh I, I don't have any creamer but I do have ice cream, so I'm going to be a fat kid and see how this works. And it's terrible, but all right. Oh, I've done that for sure. When you pour, because like I don't particularly like scalding hot coffee, so I'll like at, for every now and then I'll just be like, "Here's a scoop of ice cream in my coffee." Yeah, apparently it's like a it's a thing in Italy. It's affogato or something where like it's espresso and ice cream. And I'm like, well, that's a uh, that sounds, that's delightful. That actually does sound really good. As soon as you yeah. brought Italy into the picture, I'm like, yeah, they, I'm sure they have it figured out. Yeah. What other kind of outdoor drinking have we not covered? I mean, tailgating, that's, that's a classic. Tailgating is the thing that you, it's something that you think you're on board of, um, like, growing up, I'd go and visit my friends at Michigan State, and uh, we'd go, like, the tailgate. 
And it's one of those things you're like, I like alcohol. They like alcohol. It's probably going to be great. And you get there and you're like, these people have problems. Like <laughs> this is, <laughs> these people are on another level of drinking. It's 1130 and people are buck naked, passed out in a parking lot for a game that they're not even going to. But Yeah. Is it just the frenzy of uh, sports fanaticism that like makes it so like outrageous? Cause like, that's my experience too. Like I, I have never really, I've only slightly tailgated every once because it was for the Winter Classic in Pittsburgh, which is like, it was one of the coldest days of my life ever. Like, and I think we kind of, we didn't even tailgate as much as we pre-gamed at a bar. And then we're like, we'll find people with beer in the parking lot. And everybody's just like, this sucks. Let's go. So, yeah. But the people I went with, they're like, I only generally like the Penguins. I'd be down for the Pirates, but I don't have the time to follow baseball. And they're terrible, so maybe I'll get into the Reds. But anyway, I've never really ta- I've never really tailgated to that degree, but my friends that have, all their stories are just like blackout drunk, didn't make it into the game, just terrible, terrible, like multiple DUIs in one (laughs) like one tailgate I got seven seven drunken intoxicants public intoxication tickets yeah yeah one I feel like it's a weird thing too because it brings people from different groups together where you're just like hey you're early to the game me too let's get wasted yeah and nobody everybody's just like focused on the game so nobody's like Hey, let's pace ourselves and uh, eat some food and drink some water. And then it's like, no, fuck that. We're gonna get hammered. We're gonna yell at the other team's fans. We're gonna yell at the, the yeah. field. I'm gonna fight a 65 year old man because that's where we're at today. I'm gonna push somebody down very steep stairs for overpriced tickets. But like, yeah, uh, my buddy Nick had a story. He's like, he didn't. Thankfully, he didn't get it. But like. Um, I don't know if it was before or after the game, but like a dude got a DUI. I think it was after. He was driving all of his friends home, just so wasted after a Steelers game, and like clearly hammered. Got pulled over, getting uh, arrested and taken in. But all of his boys are in the back seat and they're f- wasted too. And they're like, uh, we don't have, and this is before Uber. So they're like, Hey, we'll call, we'll call our buddy to come pick us up. So he comes pick to pick them up. He's already wasted. <laughs> Cause I think he was also at the game. He gets a DUI. <laughs> so it's almost yeah. like entrapment, but. Did they, did they actually even leave the parking lot? No, they, they ended up having to yeah. walk home, I think, or like maybe there was, cause I feel like if you're a cop trying to hit your quota, it's just shooting fish in a barrel at a football game parking lot where you don't even have to go anywhere. You're just like, Hey, you drunk? No. Okay. Get in the car. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> I mean, cops get a bad rap, but like, um, they're clearly, they clearly know where the city's bread is buttered because it's like if they were just if they were just doing that all the time where it's like all right let's go yeah make, make the that crowd a bad time it's like this because 
sports bring in so much money for at least the stadium and the city and whatever, but they're they're yeah. looking their other way on a lot of stuff, just not. Yeah, I figure if a if a cop's pulling somebody over in a parking lot, that's better than them shooting somebody. So. Yeah, I mean, like a DUI. No one needs to drive drunk anymore. Let's just be honest. Like, you do it. Yeah. You, you do it because your your judgment is impaired and you've made poor judgment, and it's not okay. Like, we need to start doing a better job of just like, hey, if you're at all curious, don't drive. Just that's the thing. Just make yeah. the, the norm. Like, it's cool not to take the risk. It's cool to take the Uber if you're at all, at all wondering if you're okay to drive. Like, there's no, you're not For manly. me, yeah, for me, it's basically like, I'm kind of the inverse of like, oh, well, I had a drink. Well, I can't drive now, so, all right, I'm just going to keep drinking. But I'll figure it out later how I'm going to get home. But I hate driving so much where I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's almost a blessing where it's like, oh, I just hate driving. But it's, yeah, I think people just get I'll have a self-fulfilling prophecy of just drinking too much and be like, well, I can't drive. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> oh, no, I Shuck. can't drive to your birthday party that I didn't want to go to because I drank. Oh, no. Oh, that's a shame. But, uh. Glug, glug, glug. Yeah. Now, regardless, uh, drinking outside nowadays is just an act of patriotism, and everybody should do it. It's a way to combat systemic racism because, I mean, yeah. the history of, it, of the police system using it to target homeless, target minorities, everybody should just take up arms 18 packs at a time and just enjoy it. Yeah. You figure if everyone's in the street wasted, they're not gonna, they can't arrest everybody. So it's a, it's a numbers game. And the footage of them tear gassing or uh, beanbag gunning drunk people, I think would be so pathetic that there's no way people on either side of the aisle would be able to try to argue for the state where it's like, man, these people were just drinking and enjoying their time. There's no reason for what you just shot a guy who's he was shooting he was taking a shot from a baby a baby poured him a shot yeah that's just a waste of a course why would you do that you fucking fascist you monster you monster and maybe that would be the turning point for cops where it's like these are my friends there's no politics involved it's just people enjoying drinking drinking outdoors yeah. Yeah, there's some bar fights. There's some people that are working out aggression, but that's the glory of a bar fight. It's just pure, just anger, just working working out your problems. They're probably going to hug after, have a beer, say I'm sorry, cry about their dads. Yep. Feel that? You feel that peace? We yeah. feel like we really we really rid some gaps with this conversation and talking about drinking outdoors. We're figuring all the problems out. 
Yeah. I, I, like beach drinking, like I think that just comes into the problematic nature of the beach itself. Just a scalding hot area next to soothing cool water that Sean Burke despises. Yeah. That was a big thing in college is like cops in Michigan are all fine to, if you're drinking on the beach, they just don't want you to have a glass on the beach. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. I just have a 30 rack of scalding hot PBR cans uh, that have been sitting in a cooler without any ice all day. So that was a grand time. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you go to the beach and not drink. Just like, I don't know how the beach is a hobby. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you do anything without drinking. This is everything else is just boring. It doesn't have the rosy glow. Yeah, but like the beach specifically, because it's like, if you're just gonna go somewhere and not do anything and then not drink, like I don't know what kind of sociopath you are. Just not. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like too ADHD where I'm like, if, because that's my whole problem with the beach is everybody just goes there and wants to lay on a towel and stare at the water. And I'm like, that's peaceful for a little while. And then I get too antsy and something needs to happen. Like you go take a dip and it's fun. But if you're not like playing paddleboard or doing whatever the fuck down on the sand, burning your feet. Yeah. Like I don't get it. At least if you're down there drinking, it's just a park with water, and that's cool. Like, it's just a park with sand, which is annoying, but at least there's booze, and you can jump in the water, and it's fun at that point. Otherwise, I feel like, like you could say that about a lot of things, though. Oh, <laughs> You're like, I do. Man, if this, if, this just, if this just had some alcohol to it, it'd be so much more tolerable. You know you're not wrong. Like, movie theaters... Yeah. That, like the, that was one the, where I was like, this is great, but also unnecessary. Like, Because if you're going to a movie that you want to see and you're like, oh, I could really use a, a beer. It's like, that movie sucks. Like, if, if you need to be have catch a buzz while watching a movie, like that movie probably sucks. Like, it's good. It's nice, cool, and fun to have that option. It's unnecessary. Like, yeah. I've, I don't know. Concerts, too. I feel like the DMV would be... Oh way more of a, a, a just a treat <laughs> if you just serve drinks like no one's getting like wild and smashing things everyone's just in line to take a photo so who cares if you, everyone has a couple of drinks yeah if you're not taking a driver's test everybody gets a two drink ticket and you're like hey guys I get it this place sucks we're not happy to be here either so yeah uh, we today today is sponsored by Bud Light. Um, they're trying out these new products, so just enjoy yourself. It's two drinks. You're gonna be here two hours anyway, so it's gonna burn off. Everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, everything's cool. If you don't drink, we're sorry. Uh, you just have to suffer. Yeah, it's a terrible experience for you, but everyone's experienced this. So, yeah, you chose to go through life with no. Uh, no, no buffer, no filter. So that's that's on you. Yeah. Enjoy living a long, healthy life in this world ablaze. Yeah, feeling stressed out and aggravated, and yelling at your children in a parking lot. <laughs> God. It's your journey. Terrible decision, but your journey. 
Yeah, that's wild that people are like announcing their pregnancies during this. I'm like, you are knowingly having a child during all this. You are bringing life into this world that we are so uncertain about. Unless you're just trying to breed some super soldiers that can just take over the world later. Uh, Yeah. Incredibly selfish experience. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's peculiar. Like, um, I'm trying to think who, who's either just had kids or announced that they're pregnant. Like there are exceptions. Like our friend Neg, she is pregnant and congratulations. Cause she's a sweetheart and she's probably going to make an awesome person who like will be like her making a person is probably going to make a better person, you know? So it's like, I feel bad because it's life is hard for good people, but at least like one of our good friends is bringing a good person into this world, you know? So there's that, Yeah. but it's just like, it's just the empathy of being like, well, at least like a good person brought a, a child into the world versus like the another garbage fire human being just like, yeah, I'm going to shit out a couple, a good fucking another litter and take yeah. some government money and it's going to be great. I'm going to fill up my trailer park and go to Walmart and whatever, rack up a credit card and not pay it, but somehow declare bankruptcy and not have to pay any of that either. It's going to be awesome. It's like, fuck. Yeah. So maybe we need some fucking warriors bringing bringing children into the world for the a brighter future, because otherwise it's just it's not a future I want to be involved with. Yeah, I feel like it's just if you want to have kids, go ahead, I'll fire to you, whatever. Uh, just don't talk to me about it. Yeah, because I'm not in the mind space to talk about kids or anything, because it makes me feel bad about spending any amount of money on alcohol. Like, oh, yeah, well, Kimmy had summer camp this year. I'm like, well, I bought all these seltzers, and uh, I just mixed and matched and had a lovely afternoon in the park. But Yeah, that's my child. Like, my vacation is my child, or my free time is my child. Like, my 12-hour tw- yeah. sleep is my child. And that is nice, because it does seem like that, I mean... Maybe I'm lucky where I'm not being pressured into anything where people are like, I want to have grandchildren or I want this or that. And I know that that's a very real thing for some people, but thankfully I have not, like, I think my, my family have never pressured me into those things where they're more like, nah, I'm kind of interested to seeing what you do next. Like you keep going to these weird places and finding these odd, these odd locations. So if, yeah. Luckily, we we live in the uh, the Disneyland of cities or areas where there's really no external forces pressuring you to join a family or start anything in this area of Southern California. Where it's just have fun, yeah. just do what you want. Yeah, we're we're living in Neverland. Where if we were back in Pittsburgh or you know rural Michigan, that would be a bit, like. Also, there's just like less to do or see so it's like what else do you do yeah have a family i'm like well that's my life now i'm like that that's cool if you got to do everything else you wanted to do but you know if you just rushed into it i feel like you kind of 
maybe sold yourself short, but hey, again, that's your journey, whatever. Yeah. That's why alcohol's here. A few family members have tried that on me, and I'm like, why would I want to do that? They're like, well, so you can start a family and have a family. I'm like, that sounds awful. Like, no thanks. Pass. Also, I don't make enough money to pay. I can barely pay to have a significant other, let alone have a fucking kid. Like, I I mean, I pay for a dog and, like, $200 vet bill couple, like, last week. That was kind of a big spend. (laughs) And that's nothing. Nothing. You get a kid. I'm, I'm on edge about just getting a dog, let alone a child, where I'm like, I don't know that dog's going to be able to just hang out in the apartment all day. Like, I don't know. We'll see. You trying to get the dog? I'm always in the state of almost getting a dog. Get a dog. You should get a dog. I will help. Yeah. Uncle Crispy is ready to help with your dog. And we'll see. We'll see. Pencil man is a maybe. Hard maybe. Leaning towards yeah. a yes. Dogs, you know what, what dogs are great at doing? Drinking outside with you. I can see that, yeah. Set up a little coaster or uh, drink holders on the side, get a little vest. Yeah. Yeah, a little uh, drink pack mule. They, uh, Echo's definitely carried some beers up a trail for me before. They're a little shaken, but... You know, that's mainly on me for the pack job. Yeah, beggars can't be choosers, though. Hmm. Well, shit, man. We're like an hour and a half in. Oh, damn. Uh, Man, these these quarantine days just slip away. Feels like I just woke up. Yeah, I, uh, time is a flat beer can crushed down. Yeah definitely is all right yeah you got anything to add here i think we covered it all man i think we've uh yeah we 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 nailed this one blew down some barriers opened some doors another perfect score for parking lot drawing we really are crushing it uh modern times if you want to hop on the uh endorsement train i fin i enjoyed three of your delicious beverages i think cloudberry Dream is my favorite. We support you guys. You guys can return the favor at any time. Just a bunch of excess alcohol that you need to give away. We're here for you. We'll take care of it. Yeah, we'll find a home. We'll plug it. We'll advertise. We'll do what we need to do. Uh, Natty Light, we've mentioned you several times as well. I'm not completely... I don't know that I've drank a Natty Light in my life, but I, you know, it's a late... Mad Dog 2020, I'm whoever. We're open. Yeah. We are your target market. We will push your brand. Absolutely. And, well, until next time, we've been parking lot drunk. Sean Burke, it's been a pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. See you guys. Stay safe.